Hey, Mind Fire Nation. Welcome to our second ever podcast. This is Mackenzie. I'm so happy you guys are here. And I'm joined by my co-host, Dave. Hey, Mackenzie. Looking forward to today's interview. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be such a good one. So just because it's our second interview um, and our second podcast, I want to give you a quick background in case you didn't see our first one. Um, our goal here with these podcasts is to bring you thought leaders, innovators, basically people who are really successful at building and selling multi-channel marketing uh, campaigns. And so we want to cut through the crap um, and just give you people that can provide their insight so that you can take some of the stuff that you learn, maybe mistakes that they've made, um, and then apply them to your business so that you can really start to leverage marketing automation and start to build your revenue and start to help your customers if you happen to be a service provider. So that's a little bit about our podcast. Um, today we are very honored and lucky to be joined by Dave, not our Dave, but another Dave, uh, Dave Olson, who's with the One to One Group. He is um, such a thought leader, a really great uh, guy in general. You'll actually get to hear him talk about how um, there's some parallels between making beer and building multi-channel campaigns. Who would have thought? But he's really great, and he's going to give us some insight and details on the entire process of how he sells campaigns and programs. So we're really excited to have him today. Hope you enjoy this episode. Um, as always, you can go to our blog and get some resources on our website at mindfireinc.com forward slash resources, because we do put out case studies that correlate with some of the stuff that you'll hear from our um, podcast interviewees. So for example, on Tuesday, we put out uh, one of Dave Olson's ebooks where he was able to raise over $6 million with one multi-channel campaign in three months. So um, check out those resources if you haven't yet seen them. Without further ado, let's jump right in and here's Dave. So before we get into the, the heart of the matter today, tell us a little bit about Dave. Who is Dave when he's not working and what do you like behind the curtain? Oh, <laughs> behind the curtain is a different story. The Dave uh -oh. in the office, though, uh, yeah, the Dave in the office uh, uh, landed in this position after 15 years of nonprofit work as a um, as a fundraiser by trade, uh, alumni director, major gift officer, working at higher education level. Uh, for a college uh, up in Vermont that's uh, well known for its hockey program. Uh, anyway, after 15 years of that, I ended up uh, going to work for one of my vendors that I used uh, to do some marketing, and so that has brought me to this position in, uh, the, at the one-to-one -one group where we do uh, some highly variable stuff for nonprofit organizations. So, been here 10 years. Um, on a personal note, got uh, three great kids, the youngest of whom is now a senior in college already, and wow. uh, when the, you know, for things, uh, for hobbies and things that I do behind the scenes, you know, I can't stay still, so uh, I like to do things. You know, when my kids were little, I used to, uh, I was a gourmet lollipop maker, and I would send them to school with lunches <laughs> and uh, loads of lollipops, believe it or not, you know. And then uh, when my kids got to be drinking age, I started making beer. And uh, that's currently what I'm doing now. I, right this moment, you mean? Well, I just kicked something yesterday, uh, last <laughs> night. And, and in fact, I'm currently a student at the University of South Florida's uh, Brewing Arts Program. There are more math calculations in a beer recipe than you would um, wow. ever imagine. 
Are you are you finding that there's any parallels in the work that you do at one to one group with this new hobby slash you know professional oh, career? Absolutely. You know, uh, that's a great question because uh, brewing beer is, is a left brain, right brain activity. You know, on the right side, you kind of have that creative mind going like, what kind of, you know, ingredients could I put in? What kind of story can I tell with this beer, this particular recipe? On the left side is like the science behind it. You know, how much of this ingredient or that ingredient to get the right taste, the right aroma, the right color, the right you know, alcohol content, so it fits within the style of beer that you're making. So, and that's kind of a, a, a direct parallel to the work we do here. Is a lot of uh, left brain, right brain work. We we craft our messages in a way that are designed to be unique and personalized and attractive and compelling to a prospective um, donor to a nonprofit organization. And before we can get there, we have to really look at the data from an analytical standpoint to see what what does the data reveal to us about that individual or that group of individuals. You know, how are these alumni performing? How do we sub-segment them and uh, and divvy them up and message them by either by generation, by donor behavior, a combination of both, sometimes geographically. So there's a lot of scientific work that goes into what we do before we even begin the creative process and usually that's that's driven by the data that we have from the client. That is so cool. I love this. This is great. I'm so happy that we just got to learn about that. So in terms of one-to-one -one group in general, is, is alumni um, relations and working with universities something that's a company-wide initiative? Is this what you do within the organization? Why don't you tell me a little bit about kind of the company in general and then how, you know where you fit in and how that works. Higher ed and educational clients are just one part of the vertical market. Uh, and another big component of some of the organizations that we like to do business with are um, organizations that uh, are centered around some sort of humanitarian service. Food banks are big with us. We have under contract almost, you know, the entire South end of Florida, West Coast and East Coast as far as food banks, you know. Wow. We have a, a ton of food banks in North Carolina and some up in New England and the Massachusetts area. So so they're a big part of our vertical too. Higher ed just happens to be uh, most of the area that uh, that I kind of concentrate on, mainly because I came out of that, uh, that industry years ago. Um, but uh, besides um, uh, besides those two markets, we also have a lot of healthcare clients, you know, uh, foundations that support uh, either a hospital or a hospital organization. Uh, and then we have a lot of uh, smaller type organizations and that might be either a private school, a private independent school, pre-K through 12 kind of, kind of school. And we have other organizations like, you know, you know, local Girl Scouts, regional chapter, Habitats for Humanity, 
you know, a, a mix of uh, many different organizations, whether they support people or pets or animal rescues or whatever. But all of them uh, have one thing in common, and that they're nonprofit organizations, and uh, they rely heavily on talking to their donors in a way that builds a case for support for the donor to then write them a check. So, so that's our market. About our operation here, uh, we're centered in, in we're uh, centrally located here in, in Sarasota, Florida, but we do have offices up in New England, small offices in New England, and uh, another office in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, if what we have a lot of responsibility within the company. Uh, I'm a senior vice president here, so I run the Florida operations, but I oversee all the all the digital media, new media marketing that we do for any client uh, that's under contract. And so when you're approaching these different customers, are you offering them a marketing service that helps them connect to their donors and to the, the folks they want to engage that includes multiple channels, or do you typically walk in the door through you know one channel, let's say the, the print end of things, and then expand into offering additional services. Can you just give us a little context around like what the maybe what the typical engagement looks like and kind of what you're offering the customer and how you're helping them achieve the objectives they're looking for? Yeah, exactly. Uh, our our motto here at the the company is to treat different people differently. And so when we approach a prospective client about uh, what we have to offer. Uh, we typically do our research on what type of organization they are. We know what size they are, you know, and all of this is public information. Nonprofit organizations, you know, they have to file at 990. So, uh, so, so we treat them differently. So, if I was going to talk to a food bank about what we could offer, it would be much different than talking to, uh, say, a tier one university about right. what we have to offer them. And so, let's just take the university for example, the university model, and we have schools and well-known throughout the country and colleges and universities want to stay relevant and want to stay on the edge and so uh, we have the tools to message to their various constituencies in, in multiple different channels in ways that they've never dreamed before and in ways perhaps uh, in the past that they had to seek out maybe three, four, even five different vendors to do what we can do all under one roof. So for us, they're an ideal client. You know, they uh, they're looking for what we have to offer. They want it. They're hungry for it. We have enough uh, casework behind us that it's easy to uh, sell them, and uh, you know, our clients are happy with us, and so they make the best sales force for us is to use them as referrals. You know, so uh, a so lot how of how do you find these customers? From, okay, from referrals. You know. Yeah, uh, uh, either that, or oftentimes we just decide um, we want, you know, we want to start expanding in New England. You know, this is a conversation that began maybe ten months ago. So, uh, one of the gals here, we said, okay, I want you to research all the colleges in Connecticut and Massachusetts in in this area, and so we targeted the ones that were ideal prospects for us and. Uh, mm. Uh, in some cases, we had existing connections with some of the people on those staffs there, but knowing who to go to is also a key thing. You know, if, if you're, you know, you can't just like pick up the phone and 
decide that you're going to go to, say, the president. You know, you never get through. But no one, and in, in most cases at a, at a bigger university, we're dealing with someone that's four or five levels removed from the the CEO of of the uh, of the organization. So. Um, this is all something that, you know, I just know that climate, I know that structure, I know the language, and so um, I, I got a, uh, my business partner here does a lot of the cold calling and initial vi visits, and he's one of the founding partners uh, of the organization. We'll pitch something that uh, fills a gap or a void for them to get our foot in the door, and oftentimes our, our, our best accounts end up end up being something that we started out small with and then you know we demonstrate that we can deliver something that uh, has a high return on investment for them and they start to give us more and more and more work so um, it's a cycle we see uh, a lot with our clients it's it's actually that's a good cycle that means that they're yeah. happy and they're they're coming back for more and out of curiosity I hear you saying you know for example we've worked in this industry a lot and you know the challenges that they're facing when you're approaching these new uh, universities or these new food banks or whoever it is, are you typically going there to say, I can help you get better results, like showing them a challenge that they don't even know that they have yet? I mean, obviously, they want to get more money and they want to have more donors and, and, and all of that, but is it that you're going there and providing almost like you're a knowledge source for them, like, you know, this is, this is what we do, this is what we specialize in, these are the results that we get other that we've gotten other people and we can take you to the next level or is it them really having a pain like you know we're not getting enough of this or something and they're coming yeah. do you know what I mean yeah it's it's a little of both in some cases where there's a pain there's usually um, you know maybe there has been some recent turnover or, or that organization just hasn't sourced out this work we still find organizations today that that need a partner to uh, that need someone to partner with to to, to you know, produce the deliverables for them, and they're they're still trying to do things in house, and uh, you know, they get you know volunteers in, and the efficiency rate just you know goes down when they try to do that, and the turnaround time, and hitting target drop dates, and all that stuff just they they lose it. So, um, other cases, we'll walk into an organization that already has a partner, and it's not like we walk in there and try to promise them better results or anything like that. It's simply, you know, well, here's how we operate, and here's a typical campaign timeline, and here's what what we did for client XYZ, and here's what it might look like for you. And um, what really uh, helps us, and I don't think um, a lot of other businesses um, work this way, is if someone's interested in engaging with us, we we do we do a free look under the hood kind of thing. You know, it's like send us a snapshot of your database, and uh, we sign a confidentiality agreement, and we do an analytical look on that donor, analytical look on their database. So we we bring back to them information that has value. Like, did you you know did you know that uh, all your donors are coming out of this county or that county, or that uh, you know the the average gift of your donation has been on the decline for the last two years. You know, we, so we we find things that we know have value to them. We present them in ways that they haven't really ever maybe even thought about or looked at before, and and we find ways uh, to use that information to build confidence uh, with the organization, and it usually. 
th that part of what we do nine times out of ten helps us close a deal. You know, um, so. so so Dave, just just to add a curiosity there, there's two two questions that come to mind. One is, what is the average sales cycle in terms of days or months? You know, from initial engagement, maybe from the first meeting that you have with them. And then second, to follow up on that tactic that, that you just described, what, what percentage of the prospects that you engage do you actually go under the covers in that way and kind of peel back what the, the data looks like and come back to them with some, some picture yeah. of perhaps that data that they weren't considering? You know, like what's, how many people take you up on that? Yeah, um, I, I would say that 9 out of 10 people that we close, or 9 out of 10 clients that we close will take us up on that. It may take us uh, 25 to 30 calls or visits to to get okay. those nine or ten, you know. Okay. Uh, but we'll typically a 30 to 45 day cycle from start to finish. And it can even go as long as 12 months because we just sure. the timing was bad on our end. But usually about 45 days uh, or less from the time we actually establish a relationship, a connection, uh, establish an interest do an analytical look, present a proposal to them, pitch an idea, a concept, and uh, have a close deal. That's fantastic, 45 days, wow. Um, j just to peel back the layer a little bit deeper on what you're giving them when you provide back that analysis, can you give us one example of what you might find in the data or what something that you look for in the data that you then present back yeah. to the university yeah. that you find moves them to that next step? Yeah, the, the the number one thing in fundraising for um, across the board is there's some you know dashboard metrics that fundraisers look at, and one of them is um, called donor retention, and that's measured by uh, simply I had a hundred donors last year. Of those hundred donors, I had fifty of them make a gift this year, so I have a fifty percent donor retention rate. You know, so. They call it retention. We call it we call it churn. So we do the opposite. We look at how many are actually walking out the door. And so, from it has it has a, a real alarming effect when you say you're losing X percentage of donors year over year over right. year. And so when you put that on a graph, it's like and the picture is. I'm not doing really good at my donor retention, you know. So those are some things that, we, and we, as 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 a marketing company, we focus highly on donor-centered messages, you know, so that, you know, Mackenzie, when when uh, you get a letter from us and you made a gift to some organization six months ago, mm -hmm. you know, we make it known in the communication that the gift you gave us back in. Uh, in August is greatly appreciated and valued and helped us do this and that and we want to continue that relationship with you blah 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 so uh, will you give us a gift of this in support of you know the end of the calendar year or something so we really we message our, our, our pieces based on on donor behaviors you know and and we we even calculate the right ask amount based on on historical data you know so so if if you're a hundred dollar donor, I'm not going to throw um, throw away an opportunity and just at one size fits all and ask you for twenty five dollars. I'm going to ask you for a hundred 
to 125, maybe 150, because you've demonstrated that you can donate that. You know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play on that. You know, when we when we put together the variables for the for the piece and whether that piece is printed or email or uh, you know some sort of new media component. That's great, and it, you know what? Just from hearing you talk about how you work with your customers, prospective donors, and all that, it seems like you take that same approach at one-to-one -one group. I mean, you, we started out the conversation saying that something that makes you, you you guys unique is that you're really personal. You have the mantra of I don't know, I'm not gonna, I'm probably gonna botch it, but basically you treat everyone differently. <laughs> you know, you exactly. treat different people differently. I think that's what it was, and I think that. That same approach that you have at one-to-one -one group then starts to trickle down into how it is with the donors, and it seems to have proven, you know, successful for you and successful for them, and then you know everyone gets re good results. So, would you say that 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 personalization, that treating different people differently, is something that, you know, that you believe that makes you guys unique and gives you that what I like to call edge, you know, above the competition to make you unique or? Yeah, we, we absolutely believe that wholeheartedly, and we use that um, as a selling point of ours. I mean, very rarely can you find a partner that is going to be, that's going to deliver to you the kind of things that we deliver all under one roof, you know. So from from A to Z, uh, we, you know, we'll, we'll strategize, collaborate and strategize with you to come up with your campaign and the elements and the deliverables. And then we go to work and we, we our design team goes to work, our copywriters go to work, our digital media folks go to work. We got uh, Konica Minolta Press, BizHub Presses, and Hassler Insertion Equipment and Cutting Equipment, so envelope printers. And so everything is done under one roof. It's not like, okay, and uh, you know we're not your we're not a typical agency or anything like that. We have everything that we do is done on the spot in this you know in our uh, one of two facilities that we have. I know you've been offering these mar marketing services and multi-channel campaigns for a few years now. So when I say that, I mean things like you know using personalized URLs on direct mail pieces and incorporating personalized emails and microsites into these campaigns. What I'm wondering is if you can step us back to the point in your life or the point in your business when you began to realize that you needed to offer these types of multi-channel and just kind of tell us what was going on that led you to that conclusion and how did you take the first early steps into beginning to offer those types of services? Oh, that's a great question. I started uh, with the company in 2006. Prior to that, I was uh, working at a, a local private school here. I was a director of development. At the time, we were just a print company doing variable data print. Uh, we landed at the doorstep of Mindfire, and uh, I was so excited. You know, it took me literally it took me 24 hours to close our first contract. You know, and it was Naples. Christian Academy, and uh, they had just had a major award. They were named a Blue Ribbon School, you know, uh, which is a big prestigious thing in the United States. And so, you know, I pitched to them, let's just do an acquisition campaign. We'll tell everyone in the Naples community how great of a school you are. Bring them into a, a, a website, a microsite, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they bought a hook, line, and sinker, and I sold wow. that campaign about three or four times over. Could you just kind of tell us a little bit about, like, w what kinds of resources have you found that you need internally to to be able to run these campaigns? 
how much of it can you do yourself? How much of it do you need other people to help you with? You know, what, what does that look like for you? Uh, well, you know, uh, up until up until February of 2015, I was doing most of this stuff myself, and finally we just got to the point where there's just too much. Um, and, and like I said, my background is self-taught um, with HTML, and uh, you know, they just and you know, an HTML5 CSS3 came along. It's like okay, you know, some of this stuff's over my head. Uh, but I'm a good hack. I can go look at something and figure out what I need to change and tweak to make it work, you know. But now, you know, when you got mobile devices or, or seeing most of what's being pushed out there, you know, and you want responsiveness, you want it to look and feel the same across everything, I realized that, you know, I can't do this all myself. So I uh, I, I hired a guy. Um, so I have, I have one staffer. Um, on our team that is just uh, a code guru, you know, and he he uh, he does all that stuff for me. I, I direct him as far as look and feel, copy, variables, data, all that stuff. So I'm saying I know the Mindfire platform pretty well, so, uh, but he knows code. And so I got uh, the two of us make a pretty decent team to get stuff done. Beautiful. That's great. Uh, Dave, also just in closing, you know, what would you tell somebody who's who's standing at the point in their career where they're thinking, you know what, the world is moving so quickly, we do need to do more than, than just print, we do need to expand our services, but gosh, there's so much going on and so much I need to learn. What would you tell somebody in that situation about how to take that first step? Oh, yeah, uh, that's a great question. I guess I would say, um, you know, it sounds, uh, before I say it, I'm going to tell you, it sounds a lot easier than it really is. But uh, yeah. but just to stay stay relevant and to stay current, um, don't, don't dismiss something that your millennials are into. You know, at, at, at 50 years old, I, I, I learned the most about trends and uh, what's happening from the 20-somethings that are working in the office, you know, the 20-something and 30-somethings. And I value what, they, what they're doing. And so, you know, um, how they communicate, how they talk, and uh, what they're looking at and what they're not looking at, and even you know, where they're getting their messages from. So, you know, as, as, as we mature in our own careers, we can, we got to remember that it's the generation behind us that's going to make the most significant changes in the world. And so we just have to just pay attention and don't, don't think just because we've been there and done that, that, sure. uh, you know, we're smarter than them or they you know, we learned the most, most of what I learned, you know, about whatever, Staying current and being relevant is just from um, the kids in the lunchroom, you know. Wow, that is fantastic. That is that is insightful, and it's a good reminder for us to be open-minded and to be looking to others for that insight that that we may not have. That's just really inspiring. Thank you for sharing that, David. Thank you for sharing your story with us today. Oh, pleasure, pleasure. Oh, I love you know coming from the beer background and then going into one one to one group. It's been awesome. Now if people on the wine line want to I just said people on the wine. See how my, my <laughs> mind went right from beer to wine there. If people okay. on the line uh want to know a little bit more about you or want to connect with you directly, um, how can they get in touch with you? What's the best way to find you? 
Uh, two ways, I guess. Um, if you can find our website, it has a different unique name, but Google the one-to-one -one group in Sarasota, Florida, uh, T-H-E number one, T-O number one group dot com. Uh, my contact information is on the website, or you can just uh, you know go to LinkedIn and look for Dave Olson in, uh, in Sarasota. Um, and you'll find me. And if I, I answer all my LinkedIn emails, if someone writes to me on LinkedIn, I'll get right back to them. It's been so fun having you. Again, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us and let us know a little bit more about you. Bye, Dave. Thank you. Wow, that was an awesome interview, Mackenzie. And, you know, in reflecting on what really stands out to me as we think about what Dave just shared with us, it's something you mentioned at the beginning of today's session that is really, I hope, helpful for people who are listening to this. And that's specifically that Dave shared some of the steps that he goes through for selling multi-channel campaigns. I mean, for one thing, the one incredible thing that stood out was that he sold his first campaign, I think he said, in 24 hours. Am I right? Unreal. Yes. Yeah. So, folks, I don't think that's necessarily typical. <laughs> Mackenzie, you and I, see a lot of people struggle for a lot longer than that. Uh, certainly, I would say Dave is atypical in that. But that aside, you know, the fact that they have a process for looking at their customers' data and using that to come back with insights that illuminate areas that they can be helpful in or to aggravate pains that they may already have that they may not even realize are hurting them. I think it was really helpful and fruitful. So folks, we'd love to know, is this something you do? Is this something that if you don't do, uh, you might consider introducing into your sales process? We want to be interactive, so leave us comments on our blog. The post is up now, and we'd love to interact with you there. We can't wait till our next session. We're going to be talking about social media and how you can start to use Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn in your advertising. So stay tuned. Mackenzie, I think that's going to be out the first week of the coming year. Yep, that's right. And um, of course, stay tuned for that. We'll also be putting out some case studies uh, the Tuesday prior to all of our podcasts. So we're typically going to do a case study on Tuesday and a podcast that same Thursday. And then if you missed the case study, you can, of course, again, go to our website, like we said, mindfireinc.com forward slash resources. Um, please feel free to forward this to friends, colleagues, and, of course, you'll find the contact information for our Dave, myself, and then uh, Dave from One to One Group as well. So we hope that you interact with us and found this helpful.